and you're listening to a WNBA State of Mind, the sports podcast for women about things that matter to us and more. So come join us on your podcast platform. NBA for at least three years or more. I had 10,000 plus, probably somewhere between 10 and 20,000, I don't know exact number, of guys that played Division I free scholarship basketball. Another 30,000 that played some level of college basketball at some level. And then the rest of the guys all wanted to be guys who wanted to be the best high school player they could be. And they loved the game and they loved, loved those elbows with those great players. But I treated the guy who was a high school player the same as I treated the guy who was going to be a pro. They were just as valuable, because you know what? Everybody ever came to Future Stars was paid for. If they, if they were a freebie, they were scholarship by somebody, and they had to write a letter to them and tell them thank you and tell them what they learned. Nothing less than that. And as Dirk Minifield will tell you, if I didn't like the way the game was being played in my gym, I would stop it and I would tell them, guys, you can go back to the dorm, you can go home, or you can come and play basketball. If you don't want to play basketball the right way, Get the hell out of my gym and come back tomorrow because I'm not doing it today. And I've had to do that once or twice in 20 years. And, and today, all we do is pat them on the head. And we don't tell them the truth. And see, you know there's an adage, and I think it comes from the Bible, the truth will what? Set you free. Constructive criticism starts with what? Constructive, not criticism. They couldn't figure out when you're telling somebody what they need to do better than the word criticism to go with constructive. It is somebody caring enough to tell you what you need to do to become the player. Just like yesterday when I told him you're not dominating, you're not utilizing your skills, you're a spectator, and you ought to buy a ticket to be here. And that's exactly what I told him. She, she can verify that. And that player is in almost every top ten in America right now in his class. But if you just saw him yesterday, you would not know he's in the top 100. Absolutely, because what I think happens to most of these kids when they come on this level and they start to, you know, they don't perform as, as well. Well, first they of all, they've been, told, they they've been told to not get hurt while they're here. They've been told they've already proven themselves. But what they don't understand is this is a proving ground and a start for many of you for the 30 guys that are here from the places that pay you to play. Because they haven't been here. They haven't looked at what you're doing, and they're getting misinformation, like we talked earlier. It's the misinformation they're given because they don't understand what it takes to do it. We've changed the game today to make it easier. Make it easier. That's why they don't know who a Derek Anderson is, who was a great player in the 90s. He said nice. they, they, they don't know that player. And their question like, why is he talking? What, what's, what's that? Uh, well, because he got double-digit years in the league, was an all-star. Maybe you ought to listen. You know, it, it's, it's, I hear a lot of guys say, just like you said earlier, Coach, you said they haven't done it. How do they know? How can they make that? Well, it took me eight years before I could claim what I've been for 45 because I didn't feel I knew it yet enough to say that. But once I knew I was the equal of the man sitting next to me in the stands who had a name of a school on his front, then I knew I could put the word scout behind my name. 
Today, you become a scout if you start a website. <laughs> Amazing. It quotes, like, and then some of them are very good. I mean, I'm not, not all of them, but they start with a name on a website. That doesn't make you a scout. That makes you a reporter. And with these kids here, like we got a lot of coaches out there. We got Izzo, we got Calipari, we got we got Patrick Ewing, we got all You have coaches, everybody Alibis, who's anybody Alibis. in the in the coaching business. What are they looking for in these kids? Because well, a lot of them think, I will tell you what, what what I was told today. They know they all have a certain skill level because they're here. They are looking for the guy who's willing to play hard on both ends. They're looking for the guy who will play as a teammate as well as show everything he does individually. That was what, I got that straight from, from the horse's mouth out there, from three or four of the coaches, because they know how I feel about the game today versus how I felt about the game 20 years ago. And because it, it has softened, we've simplified it. It's almost like what Gene Smithson once told me, the great coach at Wichita State, whose by the name was named, his nickname was Radar, because he could find a player somewhere and, and everybody else would go, where'd you find him? Because he had a great knack for finding the untapped rawness of a player. And he said when he went back to junior college after he lost his job at Wichita State after 20 years being there. And uh, he said, well, you know, Van, the kids here don't have quite the mental acuity of a lot of the guys that I got in the four-year school. So I had a simple thing. I came up with an offense. And we've done this to our game. I came up with an offense called Go Where They Ain't. You keep moving until you get in a spot on the floor where you know you can score from and we'll get you the ball when they don't follow you to that spot. Because sooner or later, they're not following you to that spot. And that was his offense. Nothing else with him. He said, I had talented athletes, and that was it. Go where they ain't. We've kind of made the game go where they ain't. Hands are off. Can't even give a little shove in, in, in holding somebody off who's trying to body it. You can't. I mean, it's just like the game has become such that it's built to play the perimeter game. But then again, do we really teach the kids how to shoot the basketball? Think about this. Anyone who, who teaches a kid to start beyond the arc shooting the ball doesn't know how to create, create a shooter. The game, great shooters are built with the baby drill to the three-point area. And real range is determined by this should be patented, by the way, on this this thing. But real range is five spots on the floor at the same distance, as close to game speed as possible as you can do with a flip back or whatever, where you make 80% unguarded. And that's your real range. If you can't make 80%, you're beyond your real range. Why is that? Because when you're guarded, cut the percentage in half. And we say 40% is the, is the area we'll say is an acceptable shooter, right? That, that's, that's correct. So anywhere as you go back, you may start at six or nine feet as a real range. And as you get older and stronger, and you've got that mind training going on with your shot, naturally as you get stronger, the mind doesn't change how it develops the shot as you let it go, but your body is stronger and the shot can be shot from farther out and you get further and further away from the basket. In this world today, there's probably not 10 guys in the NBA that have a real range of three points. We probably might be lucky to find five. We know one for sure. But maybe another one that plays with him if he's healthy. Beyond that, 
Tell me who plays in the game that you can guarantee has a real range of, of 22 and a half feet. It's a very quiet table when I say that. So think think about it. It's just it, it's 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 Steph and Clay, and there might be somebody else. Yeah, Dane. Yeah, it, maybe, maybe. But I've never seen him do the drill, so I, well, I don't with know. Consistency. It's with it consistency. Because consistency has to be your real range. It has to be once you've gone through your steps to get to there, and you're taking that as your workout. It is your range, and it is consistent. If you don't make it, you got to step back in and work your way back. Absolutely. So, to me, it's all kinds of things we do. And I'm, I'm a firm believer there's no such thing as a perfect shot. It's a perfect shot for you. Everybody has a different body, a little bit different in the way they might do it. If it goes in and you can get it off with enough quickness to get it over the bigs when they come flying at you, I got no problem with how you shoot it. I don't care if you shoot a knuckleball or you shoot that perfect rollback that is just so pretty when it goes through the basket, it kind of trickles down. I have no problem with that. Wow. I don't care. I'm not going to try to fix something that ain't broke, but I'm going to fix the ones that are. And, and I'm a believer that shooting is a feeling and a mindset. Mm. The mind gives you confidence, and the feel lets the mind know you did it right. Wow. Great shooters always know when it leaves their fingers, whether it's going in or not. And once in a while they get surprised, maybe it's, a, it's, it's two inches short or four inches long, because that's about the difference in the ball going in. But they're online and they believed it was going when it went. That's what a great shooter knows. That's why a great shooter does it. That's why you'll see a guy, sometimes I see, well, Steph's going to run it down the other end, he's got his hand near. Well, yeah, because he knew when he let go, it's in the hole, it's in the hoop. Absolutely, one more thing. Sure. There's a lot of kids right now who are struggling with moving without the ball. Because a lot of times I'm talking to kids, I'm like, what's going on? You, they're like, coach, I'm not getting the ball. What would you say to a player well, right well, now? Well, the first thing I'd say to them is, number one, when the ball moves, you must move. You have to react to the ball. If there's a penetration and you're in the low corner and he's going to look to kick, the first place he's looking to kick is the wing. So. If you're the rotator that goes this way, you're rotating towards that ball. If you're here, you're probably breaking across, so if the play breaks down, he can he can flip it to you as you as you make it. All these offenses here have that in it. There is a motion to the ball. If you're not moving, guess what? You gotta be in the right spot if the play breaks down. But that means one person's in the right spot and everybody else on the floor isn't gonna get an opportunity. Think about that. The way when you build a four out one in or a five out none in, when the ball moves, there's one 80% outlet and there's one 20% outlet and there's two other guys that aren't going to see the ball. So they have to go and make reaction to where the ball's going to go and where the shot's going to come. If he goes all the way to the rim, those two guys on the weak side should be the guys crashing. One designated crasher who follows the ball in, so if the ball comes straight back off, he's there. The other guys, if he goes to the rim, one's gonna be crashing to be in the 80% zone because usually it comes up short in the 80% zone on the side that he's gonna finish on. And the other guy is probably dropping or he's gonna loop into the middle if, he sh if, if the shot's gonna have a long bounce. And he has to be able to read that, he's gone. That's why we see so many layups here because nobody reacts because there's no thought process on where the reaction should come. You gotta designate reaction. 
And then once they know it, they'll do it by themselves. But right now, they don't know that. So the, the frustration is they don't understand they're responsible for their own movement to get an opportunity. There's an 80% and a 20% outlet on, on, on a penetration kick. The other thing that goes in, that's the outlets. The other thing is the guy shoots it or he turns it over. You, you, want, you don't want to see the turnover. So that's why he has the outlets. If the guy's in the right position, he has the outlets. And you got to have the right players in the right position because some guys are great three-point shooters. Some are great from the top of the key. Some are great from the corner. You got to have the right, right motion. And when the play breaks down and you go back out and rot start it again, everybody rotates. You don't move, you don't get the ball. Remember what I said about that, that offense that uh, Gene Smithson was running down at Central Florida Community College? Go where they ain't. And there you have it. Amen to that. Pastor Vern in the house. <laughs> Preaching. I love him.